Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs creating the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm Emily Aborn, and along with my co-host, Crystal Farley, we are here to give you the roadmap to success and the tools you need to build whatever this means for you. Welcome back. My gosh, Crystal, it feels like forever since I have been sitting across the table from you recording a podcast. It's been literally forever. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like it. We were just talking about how we came back from the eternal holiday vortex of Christmas to New Year's. And then yesterday, I like finally got prioritized and focused. And today's Friday. Well, we're recording, so. I know, I know. I, I feel the same way. And then this morning, um, I actually just a couple a couple things had to get in my calendar, though, to like squeeze it in before the weekend. And I was like, oh, but it is Friday. It's already the weekend. And yeah. we're back to Belle being out of school. Oh, yeah. More, more <laughs> kid time. Yay. <laughs> um, I tried. I don't really do like a lot of New Year's resolution setting or that kind of thing. I, I set my goals and stuff. But one interesting activity I did this year was I took a look at all of my accomplishments in 2019. And it felt super good to like see this list of things that I did. Um, So I want to ask you, Crystal, what your number, maybe not your number one, but what is something you're really proud of yourself for accomplishing in 2019? What am I not proud of accomplishing in 2019? It's fun. it's interesting that you say this though because I think I was thinking about it this morning and talking to a girlfriend about how it's really easy to focus on failures and how we don't want to do the same thing in 2020. So to think about what we actually did accomplish is a really great mind shift. Yeah, it um, brings so you So I really like it. It it gets you started at such a better place because you want more of that, right? So focus on what you want more of rather than what you want less of. Yeah, I think, you want to know what? I think I am most proud of having the ability to set some pretty healthy boundaries personally and professionally this year. It took a lot of emotional maturity for me to do that. And that's probably my biggest accomplishment. Good job. Yeah. yeah. What was yours? Um, well, I think one of my, not my biggest accomplishment, but something I am really proud of is paying off my student loan. And it was just like, I took money that I actually made in my new business and paid off that loan. It felt really good. That's amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. So next up is my car. Um, Although I will say a couple months ago, I went and test drove a new car because I had this in my mind that I was going to replace something. You know, I don't identify as a Subaru driver, yet I have a Subaru. So I went and test drove a car that I loved. Um, But then I decided not to buy a new car yet because really, honestly, the sales guy was super shysty and I just didn't trust the experience. I don't like that. Yeah. Especially when I feel like there's a male-female situation happening. I really don't like that at Uh, all. Agreed. So ironically enough, or not so ironically, um, today's guest is actually going to tell us all about car shopping and more. We're here today with Kathy Droz, founder and CEO of Her Certified. She is a journalist, author, speaker, and radio host with a passion for the automobile industry. And she's a native New Yorker who purchased the family sedan at age 17, which then evolved into a 40-year career, including opening a full-service automotive advertising agency and most recently publishing her first book, A Woman's Guide to Buying a Car with Confidence and Street Smarts, Don't Let These High Heels Fool You. 
So get this, she's driven over 500 vehicles, given her insight and knowledge on virtually every make and model on the market so that she can effectively educate car buying consumers to make the search for the perfect automobile a rewarding experience. And honestly, Kathy, I had to... I had to copy and paste all of your bio into my notes because there's so much good stuff, but I didn't want to just like spend the entire podcast reading to our listeners because then it would have been a bedtime story. So, <laughs> well, well thank, thank you, Emily and Crystal. I, I, I appreciate that. And I think it has a lot to do with how many years I've been in business, how old I am. That's why there was so much pasting and editing. No, it's because it's beautiful. <laughs> So, oh, Kathy, well, let's sweet. get down Thank to, like, the, the what's really yeah. interesting me right now. What part of New York are you from? I was born in Queens, New York, Whitestone, and then moved to Long Island, Garden City. And then um, from there, uh, I pretty much stayed in Nassau County. My parents like to uh, flip houses. So Garden City, Stewart Manor, Floral Park. And then my husband and I lived upstate uh, Lake Mayapack and then out to Phoenix, almost 40 years. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. But you still have the accent. I'm from Long Island originally. I lived there for the first Where? 19 years of my life. Uh, Suffolk County, Selden, out by Port oh, Jeff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my family, nice. uh, family had real estate out in Huntington. They owned a couple of restaurants and that sort of thing. But it's, it's a Excellent. small world. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Good. So now Kathy oh, lives in. Nice to meet you. Now Kathy lives in Arizona and she, we have her on Zoom with us, which we are super lucky. She's still in her bathrobe, which she is Mm -hmm. super lucky. So jealous. (laughs) Um, Kathy, tell us a little more about yourself and what her certified stands for. Thank you for asking that. Um, Her certified, um, first of all, the acronym is H, I came up with her certified H for honesty, E for excellence, and R for respect because over the years of being in the automotive industry on both ends, the consumer and the uh, watching a sales team and the uh, manufacturers, I realized that was something that was lacking uh, for women going in to buy vehicles. Uh, You know, honesty, excellence, and respect is exactly what we want. So the acronyms um, worked out well in that sense. So I I think in in a nutshell, Emily, my exposure to the automotive industry, um, when I started my ad agency, it was after, believe this or not, so here, you're going to love this one too, Crystal. So I was married 22 years, divorced 10, and remarried him 14 years ago. So uh, there was a a, a small gap in there where I did not have an occupation. I was a stay-at-home mom for those uh, years with the children and said, okay, my my ex-husband was wonderful. Obviously, that's why I remarried him. So it wasn't a matter of money. It was a matter of me saying, I don't have a college education. What am I going to do? Um, I need to get a job. And that is how that started. And one thing it led to the other. I worked for an ad agency who had an automotive client. And next thing you know, I was deciding that I was going to write storyboards and I was going to do commercials, something I'd never done before. So you want to talk about a leap of faith when you're desperate and you're like, okay, hey, can you write a commercial? Oh, sure. You, you know, when you're, you're going through and, and figuring it out. So I wound up opening my own ad agency with 500 bucks and some letterhead. And I rented space inside one of the largest car dealerships in town. 
and manage their accounts. And, you know, I went from nothing to six figures in almost a year because I, I loved advertising and marketing. So from there, um, it just um, exploded. I went into different ideas. I got into the wrestling industry. Um, people were hiring me to do very odd things uh, for sure, like stand in the ring for uh, the wrestling industry and explain to you know, 8,000 people that we were going to become female friendly. And it's been a very interesting career to say the least. The automotive has always been something I loved. And um, it was easy for me then to figure out how I could help women. And that's the book. But also, if I help women, Crystal, you, you write the book and now this woman goes empowered and she goes, well, I'm going to go buy this car. I don't need my husband, boyfriend to come in with me. I know exactly how to negotiate. I know what to do. Well, that's all well and good. But then I realized the auto dealerships themselves don't know how to handle strong women. And they are so used to a certain way of dealing with women versus men. How is that going to change the industry? And how is that going to change the experience for the females in particular? So I devised a sales training program for auto dealers that would, where I go in for speaking, I do my PowerPoint, I have an online training for them to explain to them how men and women think differently, men and women buy differently, and how women want to be treated in not just an automotive situation, but in general and mostly in retail. So I have many examples. It took uh, you know a year to write the book because you've got to uh, do other things in between that. And my research had to be impeccable. And then my um, and then putting the training together was you know an ongoing deal. And then finding the right dealerships to become her certified. And of course now the, you had to monetize it. So that became another issue because you walk into um, a dealership and, and I knew many of them in, in town, obviously I've been around a while. And I would say to them, here's, here's what you're missing. Women buy 65% of cars, they influence 85% and women in the next 10 years, your generation in particular, will be spending billions and billions of dollars on cars and car repair. Don't you want to make it a better experience for women and therefore over your competition, you will sell more vehicles to women because you know the secret. Yeah, so and, Kathy, let's talk yes. about, let's um, kind of start at square one. So you what bet. are some of the differences that you see between when a man is shopping for a car versus when a female is shopping for the car on both sides of the equation? So for the salesperson and for the shopper. Okay. Because I think that so, will kind of get into how you ins got inspired to come up with a solution to that. Absolutely. Good question. So a man, and, and this is all, you know, research and psychology and, and so forth, is a um, man and a woman go into a dealership to, let's just say, we're not going to say because it's for the woman, it's for the man. But when they go in to buy, the man is, um, first of all, let's say they've both done their research, which, of course, that's the biggest thing. They come into the dealership and you are introduced to the next person that is up, they call them an up. So when you are approached, um, Emily, when you went in to look at cars and the person that came over to you, man or woman, young, old, doesn't matter, comes over to you, it's because it's their turn. 
So I, that doesn't I, mean that you've I definitely them. got that when I went in there. <laughs> you got it. It was right. like picking and, a and number at the deli. A, well, or, or it, years ago, and I don't, you know, I'm not going to pick on dealers in particular, but years ago, there was nothing like the guys would say, I got her, you know, that's where the whole idea of the, um, don't let these high heels fool you. I used to, when my agency was in the dealership, I'd see a woman come in dressed in a business suit or, you know, and I use high heels as the uh, example, would come in and I would see one guy say to the other, he goes, oh, this is a $2,000 commission right here, you know, and they'd walk over to her and I'd think, how, how dare you think that you know, or a woman walks in in, in jeans and flip-flops and her no makeup and right away they think they don't have good credit. So that is basically what I'm trying to change. So back to your question, Emily, a man is looking to get the best price. He doesn't care really who is waiting on him as opposed to a female. And um, he's already, you know, grinding them maybe for the price is. And after that, the man will leave. He, he goes directly over to the car that he's looking for. The man leaves. And whether he got a good deal or not, he will never tell another man. Woman goes in. She's already frustrated because someone's approached her in the parking lot. So she's already not happy. She knows what car she's really interested in. But women have a tendency then as she walks in and she's looking at all these Subarus, all of a sudden she sees a red one. She goes over to that one and thinks, you know what, maybe I, maybe I should get it in red. She's willing to test drive something else and to maybe a man or someone not as astute would think that the woman was flighty and she didn't know what she was doing, but that is not true. And therefore the man then treats her as she doesn't have half a brain because she's going maybe from one to the other. If she doesn't have all her numbers in order and she's afraid to negotiate, which many women are, main reason I, that I wrote the book. And therefore the female is now giving off a, an uncertainty. And the man is man, because they're mostly male salespeople are picking up on that. And they eventually take advantage, goes into finance and it can get worse. So, the difference is, and I can tell you the difference when a man and a woman leave the dealership, this also tells you something. Porsche Corporation um, gave me a, uh, something to think about. They said, Kathy, why if a man and a woman walk into a Porsche dealership, and you're talking 80, 90, $100,000 cars, and the uh, man and woman buy the same vehicle, same time of day, same color, same car, pay the same amount of money, and they both leave happy, smiling. How come when the, um, they call it a, um, it's their customer service evaluation. You, you always will receive an email, you'll receive one to find out how they did. So when it comes back, the man has given a 10 on every, this is Portia asking me, the man has given a 10 on everything, but the woman has given an eight, why? I said, well, that's simple. The woman went into the ladies' room and the soap was probably um, gushy all over the place, or maybe they, they were low on toilet paper, or she went to have coffee and the creamer was spilled. It's all about women are visual. Women want to be treated in customer service like Nordstrom's. 
Um, and therefore, if you can start off, these gentlemen, if you can start off on the right foot with a woman buyer, you will wind up with a great relationship, a good sale, and that person will keep coming back and they will give you a good recommendation. It sounds like they need to have massage tables and facials Absolutely. in car dealerships from now on. <laughs> you know, we have one. We have a few here in Arizona. We do have that. Um, and I'm a big proponent when, of anything that makes you stay at the dealership, because if it takes two hours, you, it, it's more than just going to have a cup of coffee. Now, again, uh, dealerships such as Crystal, uh, uh, and you're from New York and restaurants and so you know, if you're at a BMW, an Audi, uh, Range Rover, you're going to get a little, you know, you're going to get a little bit more. Some of them have little restaurants. Now uh, we have a, we actually have a Toyota dealership out here that does very well with women. They have a nail salon and a barbershop and a little office where you can go and close the door and the Wi-Fi is at its best. I mean, that to me is very smart. And that's all built out by the service um, area. area. So uh, if I haven't answered your question, I can just tell you that if a salesperson, male or female, understands how a woman thinks, and, and I'm going to say not all women, but my research and, and all these years I've worked with women complaining to me about, I'm not going to buy a car there. I tell women, leave. You're not, I, I don't care from the get-go. Leave, go somewhere else. It is, um, you will find that. And I will tell you what else has happened um, we have the birthplace of Carvana. If you have not heard of it or seen their commercials, people are starting to just purchase their vehicles online and pick it up at a dealership. Or in the case of Carvana, they are delivered. And because people have had enough. So and what differences can they see if they were working with a HER certified dealership? They will, first of all, I do have one... Um, dealership that actually has a 10 by 10 um, kiosk where, um, you know, obviously all my uh, point of purchase stuff is is there. And of course, it's got red high heels all over it, et cetera, all my logos. Uh, what they can expect is at a her certified is that they will be treated. I don't want to say differently because they should treat all men and women the same. But they are aware that when they go to a woman, this is what I preach, you walk in, Emily and Crystal walk in, they're not going to prejudge you in, in any way whatsoever. And when they ask you how they can help, and you're, you have all your research done, etc., they ask you if you would like a cup of coffee, and you say yes, instead of pointing to where the coffee machine is, or the ladies room. They either A, walk you to the ladies' room, or B, with, and the gentleman tell me that it works now, and I know it sounds silly, but they said it's been fabulous. They say, how do you like your coffee? And they become Starbucks. They go over and they make your coffee and bring it back. That starts you off on the right foot. The customer service has to be out of control. I mean, my whole PowerPoint is teaching how to... Um, so, Crystal, let's say you have two children and a dog and you are looking to purchase a, a, an SUV and you need three rows of seating because of the children and the dog. I have them set up a staging area 
So the last thing they want you to do is leave and say, you know what? I don't know if my car seats are going to fit in here. Or you know what? I've got I've got a, a, a dog thing. I, I don't think it's going to fit. I have them stage golf clubs, um, sled, in your case. <laughs> we don't do a lot of sledding here. Um, and then I would have a wheelchair, et cetera, car seats, so that the salesperson and the potential consumer can go over and they can actually see if it fits. This is customer service. And I say in my speaking, you need to be the Ritz-Carlton, the Nordstrom's, and the Apple Store, all rolled in one. There's a lot of training involved. Um, you know, they're hiring younger and younger people to be just um, order takers. So, you know, this Emily, actually, you had Kathy, a bad- I'm just going to interrupt you for one moment, but it reminds me, Emily, yes. of the book that we frequently talk about, Hug Your Customers. I was literally just yeah. thinking that. Kathy, this, I mean, so yeah. cu- customer yeah. service is so important, but it is also part yes. of sales. Like, y- you're not just making someone to feel good to s- sell them something. You're making them feel good because they are a valuable person and they are a valuable customer. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's relationship building, right? And I think regardless, male or female, if you're a place where I want to go and invest money or make a purchase as large as a vehicle, I want to trust you regardless yes. of, uh, right, of how you treat men or women. I want to trust you, right? So I love right. that you're going in and working with these these dealerships to have the awareness that we're not all created equal because ultimately that's what you're saying. You know, if you even set up a, a dealership with, um, you know, um, hug your customer types, uh, you know, her certified type um, service, you know, there's there's men that want to get manicures. Right. There's men that, you know, take care of themselves in different ways. And, you know, you're really appealing Absolutely. to a broader audience in general. Absolutely. I'll bring them a cup of coffee. I don't have a, you know, it's, um, I think, and so this is what, to me, her certified is, is all about. It's taking it the next step and it's assuring men and women, because I make it very clear, it's not just for men who have who have read my book have said to me, wow, I didn't know that. And I don't throw dealers under the bus. This is not a slamming dealers. My endorsements on it are for manufacturers and and actual, you know, dealers. um, Well, in fairness, it's an industry thing. And, you know, it it could be any industry if we're really getting down to it, right? I should, right. And, and quite honestly, I've chosen to take one dealership at a time when, and honestly, I probably should be speaking at the manufacturer's level or training, you know, dealer groups, um, by all means, because now it is, um, and, and I won't put anything in a category because I have millennial children, but, um, people are blaming this millennial generation of, you know, everything needs to be done on the device and um, they don't even look up from their device. I think that's also a very important part of of how automotive is going in general and how the retail industry, I guess, you know, people are ordering online. It, it's much easier. It is. It's what they've been brought up with. I mean, I can type faster than the next person, but, you know, I was a secretary and I learned it in school. I can't text the way, you know, everyone else does at, the, at this point with speed. So I think that the um, we need to understand that the generation coming up to buy cars, things need to be done differently. But I will say customer service is still number one. I don't care if you're a millennial, a boomer or, you know, an eight year old. So 
that's very important. I mean, my uh, daughter and son-in-law own two coffee shops um, in downtown Phoenix. And people come to a mom and pop. I'm going to call it a mom and pop because it's not a Starbucks franchise. They come there because of the way that they are treated. Um, and that, yes, they remember what you, you drank yesterday, but they keep... Um, they take good care of them. I mean, I've, I've been in there where I've seen a person with a cane, um, not able to pour the sugar. And I see the baristas run from behind to come out. And I mean, that's repeat customers, right? The auto industry, uh, so many of them are not so worried about the next person or who they recommend. They just want it done. I will say this, women, when a man has a bad experience, they basically don't tell anyone because it reflects on them. When a woman has a bad experience, she tells nine people who tell nine people and it's Yelp and it's on their Facebook page and everything else. And that is the biggest fear auto dealers have now. And so, Emily, if you do, you know, that's a, that's a big threat. Yeah. It, the second I have a bad experience, I have Crystal on speed dial and I'm <laughs> complaining about it. <laughs> um, right, all right. There you go. Kathy, do you also have yeah. her certified mechanics? I do not have her certified mechanics. Because that, let me just tell you, that is a place I get hung up all the time. I go to the car dealership to get an oil change and I walk out and I've spent $500 because I'm just like, sure, whatever you guys say, I'm sure you know best. And then oh my, my husband gosh. gets mad You're at so me. cute because in the book, there's a whole way about service, you know, how you, what do you really need? Is it under warranty, et cetera? But it, it's funny because there's a gal in New York, Audra um, Fowden, F-O-U-D-I-N. I mean, she I've seen her on CNN, Good Morning, Today Show, et cetera. Um, when I was in New York for a wedding this summer, her and I met because I felt that we, your point, Emily, that's something that we com combine is her, um, she's written a book and it's about service. She's a female mechanic in Queens. And um, she's, you know, she's on TV. She's telling people about how you deal with your service, what you need to say, what you don't pay. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, but I will say this, the book was written to give confidence, if nothing else. I mean, my biggest tagline is, you can negotiate a car deal, you can negotiate anything life, divorce, loss of a parent. It's just a... Um, it's a process. I learned very young. I started at age 10 uh, with going with my dad every year to buy a car. We traded in one, bought another, him and mom, you know, and it was just, that is how I learned. I was very shy. So it, my father was a, a pretty much a New York salesman and he certainly was um, a better negotiator than I, but I, I, I wanted everyone to win. And don't you think, Crystal, that's what it is. It's a win-win for everybody. The consumer, I mean, in my case, the manufacturer wins, the dealers win, the consumer wins. And, and certainly if I am financially, um, I've given many of these trainings away because I have just felt like I need to prove that it will work. And I've been fortunate, you know, to be Berkshire Hathaway is a very large group of dealers and they've been very kind and they have seen results. So that part is good. 
it's um, a lot of work. All right, I have I have tons more questions, but what do you okay. think, Kathy? Lease versus own. I right. mu- I must know the answer. Okay, and that that is based on several things, and I know you don't want to hear that. No, I do want to hear that. Okay, so <laughs> um, if we could be more, so first of all, lease versus owning, and that we're going to say owning, you're going to finance it, correct? You're not paying cash. Sure. Yep. Okay. All righty. So what you want to do, you always go to the manufacturer's uh, corporate website to find out if there are any incentives. Because many times you'll go into your dealership and you're interested in that Subaru and um, they they know that there is some holdback and there's some money that, that down, 0% down, et cetera. You want to see if there are any incentives on the vehicle and the model that you want. You also will find there if then you go to your dealer and you can call them, but I'll tell you about calling, how that all works. You call them and you say, do you have any incentives? Do you have any um, financial incentives on leasing at this point? They'll tell you yes, et cetera. But you also want to look at the fact that, for instance, right now, interest rates are at very low. So would it not behoove you? Two, you go to your uh, credit union, first of all, and you want to find out what their interest rate is and the loan possibility, let's say on a $40,000 vehicle. You want to find that out ahead of time. And you want to go and find out what it would cost to lease. This is just the finance part. What do it cost to lease? And then you, if it's within your budget, your decision then becomes, do you want to have a vehicle, the same vehicle for five years or three years? and give it back and you have you can't sell that car you're giving it back and you've put that money into it that you're not getting back if you finance your vehicle and you want to sell it in 3 years you have equity just like in a home so then you have some money to do that there are some people who say no I'm going to keep my car 10 years well if if you're going to keep your car 10 years then you definitely need to finance it if you're a person who likes to switch out or you think you're going to have more children in the next couple of years or however, or you're going to downsize your family, then, you know, kids go off to college, whatever, you might be interested in the lease. I also recommend leasing for people who want to have that car they may never have. You know, they've always wanted that Mustang. So they take a three-year lease, they have fun, and then they're done with it. So, Emily, it has to do with budget, practicality. Um, I also find that realtors will lease their vehicle. Um, I found this very interesting. Uh, Working with a realtor trying to help her one time, she said, well, I want something that's really fancy so it looks like I'm very successful. So I said, well, are you successful? She goes, well, in my mind I am. I said, okay, well, you know, you've got to take people. So you want obviously an SUV and, you know, let's look at an Audi, whatever. But then I had a realtor come to me and say, I want a uh, hybrid. I go, why is that? And he said, well, I want a hybrid because I want my customers, realtor customers to see that I am efficient and that I am environmentally aware and I'm going to sell them a home that um, I'm looking out for their budget and the environment. And I thought, wow. So people have different reasons for leasing to me is short term. Um, but if there is like zero down and they pay your first two payments, 
you may consider that. That but makes if, sense. And if you're looking to keep a vehicle for a while, and this is your, you know, I've always wanted a Denali and that'll take care of my family and the dog and so forth. Um, you want to make sure the interest rates are low, which they are now. Um, they might go up, you know, we had election year and so forth. But so, so there's many factors, Emily. And here's the thing is women will generally research it. What I'm just telling you, you, you will go and do. Generally, men will say, well, I want that. And I don't care that it's $500 a month. Um, I don't want to finance it. I'm, I'm going to keep it for a couple of years. So that would be the difference. Do you have another question that I didn't cover? Because I don't want to keep talking and talking. And Well, I do have another question. I have tons more questions. Um, what kind of car do you drive? I drive a, you're going to love this. I don't buy new cars. Uh, first of I all, was I was going to ask you, yeah. you were used. Like, what do we? <laughs> no, I buy used. I buy used. And, and a big part of it is because of the weather here is, you know, we don't have the rust and the snow and, and so forth. And um, I certainly make sure that I check Carfax and all of those things. So I drive now. Remember, it is a, it's, the year now is 2020 and I drive a 20. 16 Lexus RX 350. Now I want you to know I bought it last year, traded in a used Mercedes, bought it last year with 90,000 miles on it. Wow. And I know, you know, I have it checked out. I looked at the history of the person who owned it prior. Um, the back seat looks like no one ever sat in it until my grandchildren got in it. Now it does. But um, it, it and was in great shape. I know how to test drive a vehicle. Um, not a scratch on it. So I'm not afraid of. I'm not afraid of a lot of miles, but that's because I know the industry. I don't recommend that for everyone. I and do. I, I do want to rewind to when I said yes. I went to the car dealership. I did try a used vehicle, and I want to yes. tell you a little. A story. When I got in the car, it definitely smelled like cigarette smoke. Not that I have anything against smokers. Ugh. I just don't want my car to smell like that when I first purchase it. Correct. And I said that to the guy and he's like, oh, no, it doesn't. But then when we got out, he took a smoke break and I was like, well, that's why he didn't smell it. <laughs> okay. You have brought up, do you know the number one complaint from women? Because I do all of this, you know, research. Number one complaint of women when they are talking to a salesperson is they reek of smoke. Yep. I believe and it. I used to smoke me. and I just, I, I don't like it. Well, especially when you stop, right? Because then it's like, the, it's even the, worse. Yeah. Oh, it's the worst. I understand that's the worst, but the, so here's this woman who says, I, I couldn't buy a car from him because he smelled of smoke. Is that not perfect for her certified? I, you know, I went back and because I try and help the dealers. I mean, come on. I go back and I say to the general manager, this young man smelled of smoke. He brings him in the office and I talked to him and I said, you know what? Sometimes even gum doesn't help because your clothes smell of it. He goes, well, I can't do anything about that. If, if they don't like it, they can go somewhere else. And I thought, wow. There's somebody who has no career in automotive. But um, yes, things bother women more than, than generally a man because 
and I, she walked out she, and she goes, I read your book. I walked out and I'm thinking, okay. I mean, to be fair, even a strong perfume, I would have had the same reaction to. So, yeah. yeah. But right. People just you, have sensitivities yes. though, right? It goes back to, you know, people, not everybody's, uh, everyone's an individual. So we're all going to have different preferences. And who are you, if in a sales role like that, where you're dealing with the general public, I think you just have to be aware of the way you look and smell needs to appeal to the a broader audience so, rather right. than just yourself, <laughs> you know? Right. And, 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 and Crystal, I'm very open to a, a different way of doing things, especially here in Arizona. They're wearing, you know, they're wearing golf shirts and shorts in the summer. Um, we used to uh, years ago, if you had tattoos, uh, they couldn't be exposed. Um, now I go in dealerships and especially if it's a brand that is more uh, a younger brand, you know, maybe a Kia store, or um, I'm even going to say, you know, even Mini Cooper, I, I'm finding, which is part of BMW, um, because tats are kind of in, you know, that doesn't, which I've always believed, like that doesn't define the person. Agreed. If you personally don't like it, where it, they don't bother me, but if they bother that other person who's buying cars, um, yeah, it, it's, it is a very interesting uh, situation, but the Subaru person, like you said, I, I think that that's terrible that he just said, oh, it doesn't. And then, of course, you smelt him. And here's the thing, Emily, and if you had a bad experience, uh, I, I don't want to use it. Let's say you had a bad experience at a restaurant and the service was terrible. I would bet that you would go over to maybe the owner if they were there or the manager of the restaurant and say, you know what? I, I just, that person was kind of rude to me. I would probably talk to them, et cetera. I've always been a positive person, but I've also been a person who says, you know what? I think they could have done a better job, um, but I'm also one to compliment. So what I have found that women don't do is they leave a dealership and they badmouth it, of course. But they don't ever complain to the general manager or someone who might actually be being, wow, maybe I need to talk to my people, which, you know, is where I would come in, of course. But the women will call and complain to me. And then I'm like, okay, but why didn't you say that you wanted to see someone else at the time? You have the right to pick. And I say this in the book and I encourage it. You have a right to choose who you want to work with. So I've had women who've read the book, who know me, go into a dealership now and they don't bring their husbands anymore. They do it themselves. And they said, I'd like to work with a woman. And they scramble or they have two or three, you know, depends. The Lexus store that I deal with, they have quite a few females and I'm sure it's because they're her certified and et cetera. But then that woman comes over and helps you. Or I've had a man say to me, I don't want to work with some you know, young kid, I go, you're wrong because all the cars now have so much technology. You probably want someone a little bit younger, but um, they have the right to say that. They say, I'd like to work with an older gentleman, woman, etc." We have the right to say what we want. Well, be nice. We can be nice. We don't have to go in and say, I'm not working with that person. No. Crystal, did you get that kind of New York accent there? Was yes. Thanks. Yes, you're right. We um, <laughs> we need to be better about um, sharing feedback, both positive and critical. In the feedback. nicest way. In the nicest way. Agreed. 
Well, I have, I, I am excited for what you're doing, Kathy, and how you're helping everyone. Um, I really feel like this has room in other industries to just keep on growing. And, and I think you're, you know, maybe your book number two is about home improvement shopping and appliance shopping and all these other things that we have to shop for that can be challenging <laughs> at times. Yes. Um, I, 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 I wouldn't, Emily, I would, I would love to, because I'm all about, um, exactly what you and Crystal do. It's all about, and it's an overused word, empowering women, but it is about if you have the confidence and confidence comes from knowledge. I've had to, because I don't have that college degree and because I, you know, really didn't have a background, you know, I was a secretary in New York and that that's great. I don't put down, you know, we called them secretaries then. Um, I really had to research and learn and I would watch. I would go into Avon and Fifth Avenue and I would I would watch all of the uh, vice presidents of Avon. I would watch how they worked. I would watch how their secretaries handled things, how they dressed. I did my research before I could feel confident enough to say, I need a promotion or um, I'm ready to learn something else or move on to um, a different occupation. And Emily, you and I spoke one time about the fact that um, you are are empowering women with events, et cetera. And this Smart Women series thing putting together, I was putting down and listing all the different jobs and things that I've done. I mean, there must be 25, including the day that Perrier Water broke um, and was introduced to the world. I was demonstrating, handing out little glasses of Perrier water at Bloomingdale's in New York City. That's my favorite sparkling water, FYI. There you go. (laughs) And so I feel like there I was, you know, ground floor. That was the day it opened. I was lucky enough to do that. You know, the wrestling industry, you know, an ad agency. I managed an indoor tennis and health club. Um, You know, it's so many things that I knew nothing about. And that's what I really encourage women to find their voice, whether it's to buy a car or um, to, you know, interview someone for babysitting for their child. So I'm hoping, and I know that you ladies do that as well, if I can um, help women, whether it's buy a car or, Emily, you were saying next book. The next book, I think, is A Woman's Guide to Buying a Motor Yacht. The next one is A Woman's Guide to Buying a Motor Home. And it's because I would like to see the buying power of women is strong. It's only going to get stronger. And I feel that the more uh, your generation and younger definitely are a two-person household. You know, I still, two-income household in most cases. I came from, you know, I stayed home, husband worked, and, um, you know, I have no regrets staying home with those children. But I do say that, you know, I started later. I really did. So, And you've um, done such amazing things in such a short amount of time. So I love it. And you will, too. And you will, too. Um, I think it's... Yeah, I'm going to take I'm going to own that, Kathy. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you so much. I really we loved hearing more about you and what you're doing to empower women. And we're so happy that you were on our show today. So thanks for joining us. We my pleasure, ladies, and have a wonderful new year. Um, It will be wonderful for all of us. And and I and I appreciate this. And um, 
You ladies are going to do great things. I can tell. Thank Thank you you so much, Kathy. Okay. Bye-bye now. Bye. All right. So Kathy had to hop off, but in case you are interested in getting in contact with her and learning more about her book, I am definitely going to get a copy for myself. You can find her at hercertified.com and her email address is kathy at hercertified.com. She's a lovely woman. She will hop on the phone with you and have a conversation and tell you more about the car buying experience and how it can be enjoyable for all of us. So thank you for joining us and have a great day. And I'm sure Crystal has her parting words. Thank you, everybody. You want to know what I I have to say? I really love the fact that she is working to empower women just like we are. And uh, I really hope that we have listeners reach out to her. If anybody has any feedback on the episode, though, please share it. Let us know. Direct message us. We definitely would love to have more people like Kathy on the show. So hope to hear from you all very soon. Thank you. For more information on the She Built This podcast, you can check us out online at www.shebuiltthis.org. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.